Tuesday, Yud Sivan. Today's shiur is the shiur of Havav Moshe Tarigin, the essentials of Avodat Hashem. And you are listening to KMTT, Kimitzion Tetzay Tova, the Tova podcast, Tova broadcasts from Yeshivat Havetzion. After today's shiur of Havav Tarigin, I will be back with the Halacha Yomit. Having already targeted the first two foundations of chesed, of kindness and charity and why a person performs chesed, we'll now investigate the third source of chesed. The first source, V'yahavta l'recha kamocha, the Pasuk in Parshas Kidoshim, implies a chesed based on fulfilling and servicing the need of the sufferer of the deprived. The second source, Ben Azai's source, the Pasuk in Bracious Parakei, Zeh, Sefer, Toldal, Sa'adam, portrays a chesed based on recognizing as well as replenishing the divine image, human dignity, which suffering and challenge perhaps has eroded. However, there's a third source. The Gemara and Shabbos source Daf Kuf Lamed Gimel Amud Beis describes the great experience at the Yamsuf. Perhaps the first moment of mass revelation, a precursor to Har Sinai. Till this moment, Hakadosh Baruch Hu had appeared to individuals, but had yet to appear at the mass level, which was experienced at Yamsuf, to capture the democratic spread of prophecy, an encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which characterized Kriyas Yamsuf, Chazal tell us, Ra Shifcha al-Hayam, Ma'ashelora Yecheskel ben Buti Miyamav. A simple handmaiden was exposed to more of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's revelation at this epiphanious moment than Yecheskel himself, whose celestial visions far outweigh, far surpassed any human apprehension of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's heavenly presence. And yet, at, her, at the Kriyas Yamsuf, every single Jew, aristocrat and commoner, was exposed to a surpassing encounter with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Perhaps the phrase in Shira Sayam in Azyashia, which best captures the pitch of the prophetic experience, is the Pasuk, Zekeli v'anvehu, Zekeli. Typically the term Zeh is reserved in the Torah for a moment in which an experience or an object is so palpable and so tangible that it can be pointed to. Chazal tell us that when the term Zeh is employed, the speaker is actually pointing. V'zeh ma'isa ha-minara. Baruch Hu displayed a minara for Moshe and pointed out the dimensions and the architecture. So Kaddish Baruch Hu was invisible and intangible, was so accessible at that moment to a national audience that the term Zeh was employed to describe that presence. But the, cha- but the challenge of religious experience exists in the descent from prophecy. During the pitch of prophetic experience, it is rather... It's certainly more, when Hashem's presence is more visible, 
religious experience and religious success is less complicated. On top of Har Sinai, everyone is a believer. Everyone is a believer. During the intense moments of Yom Kippur, who doesn't feel the presence of a Kaddish Baruch Hu? Sometimes the greatest challenges in religion lay in the moments after religious intensity, walking down from Har Sinai and facing the challenge of the Egil, concluding Yom Kippur and facing the challenge of the day-to-day routine, departing from Kriyas Yamsuf and attempting to incorporate those very ecstatic, euphoric moments within a daily context. So the question becomes how? How does a person maintain the intensity, the passion? Captured by the phrase Zekeli, expressed and experienced at the Yamsuf. Well, that of course is the function of the word after the phrase Zekeli. Zekeli v'anvehu, which is a strange and uncommon word. And Chazal impute various meanings to the term v'anvehu, and various manners in which this term can function to sustain the religious intensity of Yamsuf. But the Gemara in Shabbos and Dafkuf Lamed Gimel offers one opinion. Ditanya, Zekeli v'anvehu, Abashal Omer v'anvehu is a conjugation. The word is comprised of two words, v'anvehu, anihu, the attempt of a human being to fashion his own moral experience upon the image of God. Have a domelo, liken yourself to him. Mahu chanon verachum, af ata he chanon verachum. The manner in which Chazal suggests incorporating Hashem's presence on a daily basis is by fashioning the moral lifestyle of a human being upon the image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. If He is merciful, then we should be merciful. If He is compassionate, then we should be compassionate. Mahu chanon, afata chanon. Mahu rachum, afata rachum. Known in Latin as the principle of imitatio Dei. To imitate the Creator. Mahu afata. A parallel Gemara in Sota suggests the same, but in slightly different terminology. Citing a pasuk which dictates that we walk in the way of Akharish Baruch Hu, the Gemara questions: Is it possible to follow, so to speak, in the wake of the Rabbanu Shalom, the all-consuming fire? The Gemara resolves this pasuk as referring to moral limitation, to duplicating our own set of standards and moral lifestyle upon the image of Akharish Baruch Hu. To follow, to imitate Hashem's midas. Mahu malbi sharumim, Hashem clothes those who don't have. Afatah al be sharumim. Hakarish barhu biker cholim, dixiv, vayere lav Hashem melonim amre, God visited Avram when he was ill. Afatah bakir cholim. Hashem nichim avelim, God consoles those who are grieving for lost relatives. Afatah nichim avelim. HaKadosh Baruch Hu Kavar Mesim, HaKadosh Baruch Hu buries the dead, buried Moshe Rabbeinu, Afata Kavar Mesim. There are slight differences between the Gemara in Sauta, Daf Yudalad, and the Gemara in Shabbos, Kuf Lamed Gimel. The Rav Zecher Tzadik Levracha once noted that the Gemara in Sauta refers to activities, clothing, burying, visiting, consoling, 
whereas the Gemara and Shabbos, Kuflam and Gimel, refers to character traits which express themselves in the aforementioned activities of kindness. But perhaps the Gemara and Shabbos lodges a demand or a mission which is even more challenging, not just to perform the acts of kindness, but to integrate and internalize those very traits. Perhaps even in the absence of those internal traits, a person should be capable of performing the activities. But certainly the ideal is not just to be Malbish Arumim or Kover Mesim, but to be Rachum and Echanun. But either way, these two Gemaras establish a third paradigm for Chesed. Chesed is not only intended to serve the needs of the deprived or to acknowledge and rejuvenate human dignity, but to fashion our own moral character in the image of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. It has, as it were, a reflexive, almost egocentric purpose. As it were, an individual who performs chesed is not only supplying to the other or polishing a tarnished divine image, he is improving his own moral conduct, his own integrity. The Gemara in Baba Basra cites a very interesting dialogue which took place between Rabbi Akiva and Turnus Rufus, a Roman general philosopher. Turnus Rufus posed a very famous question to Rabbi Akiva. If HaKadosh Baruch Hu truly desired the provision of food to poor people, to hungry people, other acts of chesed, if that is truly HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will, why didn't he just perform those acts on his own? Why didn't he just provide food, assistance? Why does Hashem create need? And effectively, Rabbi Akiva answered, because without need, we couldn't develop into finer moral human beings. Rabbi Akiva's exact response, his language was, So that we can perform these activities, we can develop refined, advanced moral character. Now certainly from a philosophical standpoint, that question still leaves a lot to be answered. It may seem unjust, it may seem unfair to create need and suffering merely to fulfill the needs of another provider, the moral needs. But Rabbi Kiva certainly sensed the reflexive impact of chesed and morality and argued this point in the defense of chesed. Mahu rachum afata rachum. Chesed is not just driven by the needs of the sufferer, but by the moral development of the provider. Assigning imitatio Dei as the source of Jewish chesed, or as a source of Jewish chesed, provides some very, very interesting consequences. First of all, chesed has objective and absolute standards. One may have suggested that the standards of chesed may be impacted by social norms, by social realities. Viewing chesed as a responsibility which stems from an absolute and objective attempt to model our own moral character in the shape of a Kurdish Baruch Hu, suggests that the standards shouldn't be relative, but absolute. If other human beings fail to perform that chesed, 
if perhaps society no longer expects that chesed, or not just chesed, but that morality, a Jew is not acquitted from those responsibilities. Because he is facing an objective, almost divine mission, to transcend human or mortal limitations and to model his own behavior upon the image of his creator. And that image is in no way vulnerable to the changing tides of human convention and of moral norms. Second of all, of course, the seat of Jewish morality is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's image and HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will. Perhaps HaKadosh Baruch Hu commanded or requested certain behaviors because they are independently or inherently moral. But ultimately, their morality is a function of the, the, of the divine imprimatur, of the divine stamp. If a Kurdish Baruch Hu commands, then by definition it's moral, because our morality is an attempt to build our own lives in the image of a Kurdish Baruch Hu's model. And if a Kurdish Baruch Hu legislates against, even though to the human heart it may seem moral, not only is it forbidden from a religious perspective, but it is an immoral act. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu commands Avraham to perform the unimaginable, to sacrifice his only child, Yitzchak is the child that he had been promised, his only child that he shared with Sarah. To the human eye, to the human heart, it seemed like an immoral request. Murder. Ruthless. But in the grand sweep of history, those moments atop of Haramoria, the celebrated moments of Akedas Yitzchak, were essential, were irreplaceable in building Jewish history. We invoke those moments on a yearly basis, asking HaKadosh Baruch Hu to parlay those merits and that faith into our own requests and the fulfillment of those requests. Avraham standing on top of Haramoria, about to sacrifice Yitzchak, is not just a display of religious faith and commitment suppressing morality and allowing human being to act immoral in the name of God. But that activity and that decision is the moral mandate of the moment because it is HaKadosh Baruch Hu's will. And precisely where Avraham succeeds so extraordinarily, Shaul fails. The Gemara and Yoma describes Shaul questioning HaKadosh Baruch Hu's decree to eliminate the entire populace of Amalek men, women children, elderly animals these are innocent people why should they be disposed of and certainly to the human heart this charge this mission is very strident smacks of genocide but in the grand sweep of history, which only HaKadosh Baruch Hu can appreciate, Malik's presence constitutes a significant, significant compromise of HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence in our world. Ki yadol keiska milchamal Hashem ba'amalek dor ledor. The final psukim in B'Shalach. And in the moment, it may seem immoral to execute Agag. But one day, Agag's grandchild, his descendant, will threaten the very survival of the Jewish people. Certainly in retrospect, equipped with 
hindsight, 2020 vision of hindsight, murdering a Hitler in the 1920s or early 30s before he rose to power would certainly have been a moral act that would have spared civilization endless, endless suffering. Of course, a human being is never equipped with that foreknowledge, but a Kurdish Baruch Hu is. So Avram succeeds precisely in the area that Shaul fails. And Shaul's failure produces very dire consequences. He sees his monarchy suspended. Whereas Avraham's faith, and not just faith to the suppression of morality, but understanding that the source or the seed of morality is a Kurdish Baruch Hu's will, allows him to proceed with this heroic act, this heroic decision, which builds the future for an entire nation. Avraham's ability to appreciate, to distill the morality sense in his creator in HaKadosh Baruch Hu, was the hallmark of his career. The Avos faced the challenge of discovering HaKadosh Baruch Hu, of building a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, without the elaborate system of legislated Torah delivered at Har Sinai. For sure, they kept some primordial form of Torah, of mitzvahs, of religious ritual, but it certainly was not as elaborate, as detailed, as finely contoured as Tariag mitzvahs in the Masara, which was hand-delivered at Harsinai. The Medrash tells us that Avram discovered HaKadosh Baruch Hu because he looked around his world and he noticed a bira dolekes, the Medrash tells us in Parshas Lech Lecha, He saw a city which was illuminated. Amar, he said, Could it be possible that there is no leader, no creator, no craftsman? The architect of our universe noticed that finally someone had detected his presence. Amar lo anihu bal habira. Avram didn't merely detect the organization, the efficiency, the natural order, the science, as it were, of his world, and trace that scientific natural order back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Avram detected in this world a moral spirit. In nature, in science, in the universe... Avram detected the morality of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Every day when we recite in Shmon Esrei the second bracha, Mechalkel, Chayim, Bechesed, Mechaye, Mesim, Berachamim, Rabim, Somech, Noflim, Verofecholim, Umatir, Asurim, Umekayim, Umunasoli, Shene, Afar, we are not merely assessing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's power, authority, the efficient and reliable manner in which our world responds and is dictated by the system of natural laws which the Rabboni Shalom imposed. But we are detecting the chesed, the kindness, which underwrites this entire system. Olam chesed yibonah, as the Pasuk in Tehillim says, the chesed which HaKadosh Baruch Hu employed to create our world, and subsequently which he uses to sustain our world. There's a great moral lesson which nature delivers beyond just the scientific, sterile message. And Avraham sends this message. 
For Avram, the city was illuminated, was radiant, not just with a mechanized system providing need, but it glowed with the luster of moral care, of justice, of compassion. And Avraham sensed the presence of HaKadosh Baruch Hu to the moral fabric of nature. Indeed, Tehillim Parakuf Dalad celebrates the presence, the glory, the majesty of nature. Baruch Nafshi Hashem, Hashem Melokai Gadalta Miod, Hod Vihadar Lavashta, glory and beauty, Otar Kasalma, light and radiance, the efficiency, the beauty and splendor of the natural order, the economy of nature, the delicate fabric of the ecological system. These are all elements which allow us to trace nature back to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Nature either veils its creator or it displays its creator. And for the religious heart, it is one great, it is a vehicle to display HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence. But Avram noticed more than just the efficiency, more than just the economy of nature. He noticed the morality as Tehillim Perak Lamed Gimel describes Ki Chesed Hashem Malaharetz the world bristles not just with efficiency and economy but with kindness and sensitivity and generosity and as that parak Lamed Gimel ends having assessed Chesed in the world around us we petition Yehi Chastecha Hashem Aleinu that that chesed should extend to our own personal and national experience. And when Hashem rationalizes His decision to consult with Avraham before obliterating stone, the Torah writes, Ki yedativ in Parshas Vayera, Hashem says, Hashem narrates, because I know, Leman asher yitzava es banav v'yaz beso acharav V'shamru derech Hashem la'asos stakao mishpat l'man havi Hashem al Avraham esasher diber alav. His selection and his prominence. The fact that Akrish Baruch Hu b'chvodo v'yatzmo consults with Avraham, as it were, before divinely interceding in the history of stone, it's because of Avraham's unique accomplishments of knowing Hashem, but not just knowing Him, knowing Him through morality and nature and by training his family, beginning and launching the legacy of morality, of ethics, which has characterized not just the Jewish tradition, of course, but all traditions which stem from Avraham. Avraham did not wear two separate hats. One hat as the great philosopher and the discoverer of monotheism, the great man of faith, and one had as the great man of Chesed, who in the third day of his bris milah, in the steam bath of Elone Mamre, chased down straggling visitors to offer them kindness. Avram's Chesed was the source of his faith. And without implementing that Chesed in his own moral experience, his faith would have been empty. It is only because he taught his children 
the chesed, which he saw pervading the earth, ki chesed Hashem mal that he was chosen as the spiritual leader of his civilization. Chesed, which stems from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's behavior, which stems from HaKadosh Baruch Hu's midos, as it were, transforms chesed from a personal, interactive experience, from a communal opportunity, into a theological mission. When Moshe stands at Har Sinai and pleads with Hashem, Har na es kivodecha, na es durachecha, Hashem tells him, Ani avir kol tuvi al panecha, vikarasi b'shem Hashem lefanecha. Hashem responds that I will teach you my ways. I will teach you my essence, as it were. My character traits. Which traits does Hashem demonstrate to Moshe? Kol tuvi. His kindness, his chesed, his yurgimomidos, Hashem, Hashem, kel rachum v'chanun, erech hapayim, v'rev chesed v'yemes, natser chesed, lalafim, naseyavon, v'afesha, v'chato avin as the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah on Daf Yud Zayin claims, Hashem promised Moshe, and by extension promised the Jewish people that at any moment of crisis, of personal, national need, Yasu lefanai keseder hazeh, let them execute this seder of Yud Gimel Midas, obris kerusa, and I guarantee, she'enan chazos reikam, that their prayers will be answered. Hashem does not request that the Jewish people should recite these 13 midas. Yomru lefanai keseder hazeh. Rather, yasu lefanai keseder hazeh. They should exercise these traits. They should internalize these moral goals and moral values. Treat each other with kindness and chesed. And by fashioning and sculpting their own identity in the image of a Baruch Hu, the, the moral caliber of their lifestyle rises. And they are more worthy for HaKadosh Baruch Hu's grace. Yasu lefanai kiseidir hazeh. In Parakhtes, when Yermia decries wealth, strength, wisdom, koamar Hashem, al yishalel chacham mechachmaso, v'al yishalel hagibar begvuraso, Al Yisalel Ashir Biashrao Parakhtas Pasak Chavbeis, a strong person, a wealthy person, a wise person, shouldn't gloat in their own God given traits. Kiim Bizos Yisalel Hamisalel. However, the one trait, the one character feature, which may justify some degree of personal satisfaction, Haskel Viadosi, those who become knowers of God, who seek the Knowledge of Akarish Baruchu. How does one seek knowledge of Akarish Baruchu? Ki ani Hashem oseh chesed u'mishpat chesed mishpat u'tzdaka ba'aretz. I am the God of justice, of kindness, of compassion. Ki be'elach hafatzti norm Hashem. These are the actions. These are the behaviors that I desire. And by performing those activities, a person has reason for confidence, for personal satisfaction, and is determined as someone who is haskel via doa osi, someone who knows me. Very similar 
very similar um, sentence structure, very similar imagery is developed in Hosea. Hosea writes, Ki chesed Hashem says, I desire your chesed in place of korbanos. The knowledge of God is more desirable to me than korbanos. A few shirim earlier, I quoted the Avastr of Nasan, who interprets this Pasuk in Hosea as an assertion of the value of Torah in understanding God. But certainly the literal translation of the Pasuk, Ki chesed chafatzi v'lozevach, points to chesed as a second access point to know God to train your character in his image or as the Yalkut writes in Parshas Vashanan very interesting medrash very haunting proposition Lefichach Chayev Adam Lomar the Yalkut Shimoni in Parshas Vizchanan Remes Taf Taf Lamed. Person should not only compare himself to his contemporaries, but should strive to equal the level attained by his predecessors, by his ancestors, ancestors, and by Avni Yitzchak and Yaakov. Sometimes comparing ourselves only to our colleagues and our colleagues and contemporaries can invite mediocrity. Relative to other people's underperformance, sometimes we value our own limited achievements. We inflate their value. person should always question, The fikach, the medrash continues, should carry the weight not just the personal personal religious excellence, but of the impact which that excellence may have upon the world. The Medrash writes, How does a person acquire a Kodesh Baruch Through acts of chesed and through Talmud Torah. Medrash which would seem to equate Talmud Torah and Chesed as co-equal portholes towards the acquisition of HaKadosh Baruch This Gemara then, or these two Gemaras, this tandem of Gemaras in Sota and in Shabbos provides the third cornerstone for Chesed. Chesed should be a multi-layered, colorful experience. The more motives, the more sources which are introduced, the deeper, the more fervent, the greater perhaps the sacrifice, the deeper the identification, the richer the experience. Alternatively, perhaps there are moments in our chesed opportunities and chesed challenges when one motive may seem more compelling than another. And multiple motives and multiple sources don't just enable depth or lend intensity to our experience, but they also lend our chesed experience versatility and greater chances for success. If chesed were to be perched solely on one theme, perhaps during moments in which that theme seemed less compelling, chesed would be less successful. But the Torah provides a multi-layered landscape upon which to sow the world of chesed. 
And those multiple opportunities should allow for a fervent and sustained, disciplined and passionate lifetime of chesed. You've been listening to Rav Moshe Tarragon, the Shi'ur on the Essentials of Avodat Hashem. And this is Ezra Beck in today's Havachayomit. We're continuing with the Tachanun. On Mondays and Thursdays, the Minag is, Okihilot, Minhag is to say Tachanun longer, before the actual Tachanun, before the Nefilat Apayim, the part of Tachanun that said sitting or falling. You say a series of paragraphs that begin with Vahurachum. This is a very, very ancient Minag, mentioned in the earliest Vishonim. And its basis is viewing Mondays and Thursdays as being special days. Mondays and Thursdays have two different, related but different characteristics. On the one hand, they're defined as Yemei Din. Yemei Din means, first of all, that the courts, the actual courts in, in Jewish communities, the Gemara already says, would sit on Mondays and Thursdays. But this itself is presumably based on a deeper point mentioned in the Gemara, that Batei Din Shalmala, the heavenly courts, sit on Yom Bet and Yom Hay on Mondays and Thursdays. So there's something, it's hard to say what the exact, the exact basis is, but there is something spiritual that these are the days which are for Din, for judgment, for, for, for the courts to meet. And therefore, that itself would be a reason to have longer tachanunim, longer beseeching, because you are presumably being yourself standing in before before the heavenly courts in judgment, the mishpat. A closely related concept from the Gemara is that Mondays and Thursdays are yemei ratzon. It's difficult to translate ratzon into English. The usual translation uses the word grace, which I think suffers from its Christological associations. Days of grace meaning days of Good grace, days of acceptance. You the ratzon my word should be acceptable to you. So days of ratzon are days when we are accepted before God. This is based on the explanation that the Gemara gives that says that Moshe Rabbeinu went up to Har Sinai to ask for forgiveness for the Jews on Thursday and he received the Luchot Hashniyot, he received the second Luchot, the second tablets and basically received God's forgiveness on, on, on a Monday. And since then, Mondays and Thursdays are days of Vatzon. The two concepts are very closely related. On the one hand, you're being judged. We're being judged by God, our Father, and therefore there are also days when one is accepted to God. You're judged, but you're presumably judged, hopefully judged, judged favorably. And therefore, the meaning arises to have a much, much longer Tachanunim after Shmonesrei on these days. And the Ramah Paskins, based on the, on the tradition of Chachmei Ashkenaz, that V'huachum should be said standing. In some Siddurim it even says, V'huachum should be said standing, V'poretz gader yinashchenu nachash. And he who makes a hole in a fence, in other words, he who goes against the custom, it's a quotation from Sefer Koheret, a snake, a serpent, shall bite him. In other words, it's a minig, and you really should keep this minig. The exact reason for the minig is not at all, is not at all clear. It's, it's just a very ancient and, and apparently serious, the one that Ramah takes very seriously, an ancient tradition. So, you have Hurachum, it's set standing. When Hurachum is over, in normal 
Minhag Ashkenaz, the original Minhag Ashkenaz, Tachanun, Nifilat Apayim, is said after Hurachum. In Nusach Sfaradim and Nusach Sfarad, so the order is different. You say Tachanun immediately after Shemun Esrei, and Hurachum is added, is added, is added afterwards. We will talk uh, about the Tachanun itself, the Nifilat Apayim, uh, in tomorrow's, in tomorrow's Halachayumit. And that's all for today. You've been listening to KMTT, Shir of Rav Tarigan on Tuesdays in Essentials of Avodat Hashem, followed by the Halacha Yomit. Tomorrow's Shiur will be in Hilchot Brachot Halacha Agada, be given by myself as Rubik. And until then, wishing you Kol Tuv, Vibakata Torah Mitzion. This is KMTT, the Torah podcast of Yeshivat Haritzion. Broadcasting from Alonshfurt in Gushetzion, Kol Tov, and you'll be hearing from us in Yitz Hashem tomorrow.